0: blog talk radio good morning you are listening to NABWIC, the national association of black women in construction blog talk radio show founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry nabwick is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, your host for NAVWIC Talks,
1: and I am the CEO of Sula2, and we make old, new, and everything we do. And that's what this show is about. What we do is bring the stories to you so that you can learn from them and be introduced to your fellow members as NAVWIC members or people that would benefit from being associated with NAVWIC our audience, we want you to to enjoy the information that you get and then become curious, curious enough that you would want to find out more about NABWIC. And today we have a wonderful guest, Mr. Todd Presley, who is the co-principal and vice president of Ujuma Construction. And he is well he's been um he's joining us today, and he offers thirty years of construction in- industry ex- expertise and has knowledge of all construction delivery methods in his current role as vice president, he oversees the company's operations and management teams, ensuring that the proper policies and procedures are in place to ensure our clients or their clients absolute satisfaction. Todd is an active member of many organizations and sits on the board of organizations including the Renaissance Collaborative, Chicago Builders Association, Education and Training Foundation, ACE Tech Charter, High School, and Black Constructors United. Todd also volunteers his time at the Young Men's Christian Association and... As a coach and positive role model for young people, he holds a Master's of Business Administration in Operations Management from Baruch College. He also holds a Bachelor of Science in Facilities Planning and Management from Cornell University. Prior to joining Ujima, Ujum, Ujum, Todd held senior management roles at some of the area's largest construction companies in the Midwest, and he brings his many years of experience to the company. Todd is an avid golfer and enjoys participating in family activities. Okay, welcome. I am so pleased to have you this morning, and Welcome to Network Talk, Mr. Presley.
2: Good morning. Thank, thank you very much. Good morning.
1: Good morning. And you know I've got to let you introduce yourself again. <laughs> I don't know what happened to my tongue and my words this morning. However, we want to know more about you and what you do. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to do the things you did.
2: Well, that was uh, very easy. It's one of those things where you you know what you want to do without knowing what you want to do, so much so that it all started back in third and fourth grade, believe it or not. You know, um, I was... Um, in school, you know, and uh, loved building with Lego and building blocks and not so much with reading, writing and arithmetic. Uh, so I knew what I wanted to do so much so that all the way through elementary school and, and, and high school, um, folks thought that uh, I had a learning disability when uh, really all I wanted to do was build buildings and, and build. Um, and uh, that came to light uh, when for the summer, I actually worked for my father and my uncle in their construction business um, using a hammer and some nails and uh, doing some carpentry work for them. Um, um, the next thing you know, my mother is an interior designer, and I became her carpenter and, you know, just started doing interior uh, interior design work. Um, and this was all before I went to school, uh, before I went to college. And then uh, um, once I got into my senior year of high school, you know, you're taking all the classes that you could take, and you were basically sitting there. Taking a whole bunch of electives, I decided to take uh, a drawing course, mechanical drawing, and you know, went through that with flying colors. Um, and to the point where uh, I got to tell you, my uh, uh, counselor in high in high school told me not to apply to Cornell University. Said I wouldn't get in. Well, I got in, along with five other African-American males, we got into Cornell, and um, I actually got in as pre-law and didn't like that, and so I took myself out for a semester, came home, and went back to my roots, went back to work for my uncle. Took another drafting class and a full blueprint reading class and aced all my classes that semester while I was home and then went back to school to get a degree in facilities planning and management. And back then, nobody knew what that was, especially my father, who was a United Methodist minister. Nobody knew what facilities planning and management was uh, and loved it. Straight A's through the, the last two and a half years of school. Um, and then I got out of college, uh, went back to New York and I got offered a job at Esquire Magazine uh, out of their mail room uh, in their facilities department. And like I said, nobody knew what that was. So my father said, definitely not. I cannot have my son uh, working at Esquire Magazine. Nobody's ever heard of facilities. But if you like construction, and you wanna work for a real general contractor, here's a small contractor in the city of uh, New York that you go work for. And um, I went and worked for them. Uh, It's called Humphreys and Harding. I was there for 12 years and uh, worked my way up uh, from digging ditches and swinging a hammer to senior project manager to project executive. And uh, then got tired of New York and said I needed to do something else. So uh, my mother's from the Midwest, and she said, well, go to the Midwest. So I started looking for jobs in Chicago and St. Louis and um, wound up working for Walsh Construction Company or Archer & Western, as it's known here in Atlanta, and spent nine years there and went through the ranks. And by the time it was uh, that I left, I was running a $100 million business unit for them. Uh, left them and went to work for an African-American general contractor. Because one of the things that my father instilled in me, to much that is given, much is expected. And you have to give back to your community. So um that's how i left walsh and then 4 years later a gentleman that i had known when i was at walsh jimmy akintande who is a managing principal at ujama called me up and said hey i'd like for you to come and uh, talk to me and i've known i've known jimmy since uh, 1998 and i went over and talked to him and he said i'd like you to join ujama any office in the building except for that one in the corner and it's yours and I said okay Um, I had wife and three kids you know as moving through the system and I made my way home because that office is five minutes from my home in Chicago so I really didn't have enough time to think about what I'd tell my wife that I hadn't talked about a salary or anything like that and I got home and quickly made a beeline to the basement and my wife came in and said well um, I know you love construction. I know that that's in your that's in your DNA, but what are you um what are you gonna do? How are you and I said, Well, Jimmy said that he and I'd work it out. Now you can imagine my wife's eyes growing <laughs> huge like saucers, going, Work it out, what does that mean? And well, ten years later I'm the principal and executive vice president and uh, run the operations for the firm. So I guess it was all right.
1: Yes, it worked out. I, so that's how I got you. Like it absolutely did.
2: <laughs> well, thank
1: you for that. I have to tell you, throughout your story, there were so many things that just resonated with me, um, starting with your Lego experience. Oddly enough, just this past weekend, I was at the Black Heritage Festival here and watched two children play, one older child and one very, very young child. And the older child actually seemed like he was a little off, but now I'm thinking maybe not because what he was doing was building, taking my business card and building um, triangles that that had levels to it where you stack the cards in a triangle and it, it they support each other higher and higher and higher. And then, you know, as long as you can stabilize it, um, it creates a, a structure. So that is, that is to me, an architectural structure of some kind using business cards. So yes. now I'm thinking the child may be gifted in a way. So, um, and then when you were talking about your, your father not knowing what it is that you were doing, um, he allowed you to do it. But then when it was time to help you find... Um, the actual job that meet what he knew that was good for you. And as it turns out, what you wanted to do too, he stepped in. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. And you're working with your parents. This to me is a a, a wonderful story of, of using you as who you are and then being supported by great parents. That's amazing. Uh,
2: yeah. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things where you don't realize it, you know, at the time. Uh, my father is no longer mm-hmm. with us but then you look back on it and you're going oh geez, i know i was mad at him when i didn't get it when he said no to esquire magazine cuz that would have been a great thing for a young african american male in the city of new york <laughs> couldn't ask for anything better than that but he had the right mm-hmm. he had the right calling for me he knew what it was
1: yeah and um that is rather fascinating i mean he allowed you to grow but then he understood the path that that might have led to and, uh, he, he found the way to help. So that was pretty (laughs) cool. So so what does today look like? What, what happens in the day of you John? Okay. Let me pronounce this correctly. How do you pronounce that again? It's Ujama. Yes. Ujama. Um, what is, what is your life and the, the day in the life of, of, um, uh, you Jama.
2: Well, um my role uh is operations and uh estimating uh across uh, the company. So um from budget and um estimate reviews with staff in both offices soon to be a third office because we just opened up an office in memphis to um managing difficulties that staff has on site you know um we've got a lot of good folks that work for us and i'm usually the sounding board um for everybody you know what do you think about this what do i do about that um to um, basically paying bills and signing PTOs, uh, um, time off requests, um, and to just managing um, the business unit, seeing where our opportunities lie in the Southeastern market, and then um, you know meeting and greeting potential clients, um, getting and telling the Ujama story. Um, and, uh, and then as I mentioned, you know, that's what we do. We we believe in giving back to the community. So a lot of time is spent talking to people about giving back and how we give back. Um, Ujama is the fourth principle of Kwanzaa. It means unity and working together. And in our minds, it means cooperative economics. So that means bringing other Um, minority ventures along with us when we are selected for a job. So I'm constantly meeting subcontractors and going through their statement of qualifications to see if they're, if they're, you know, a good fit for us. Because it's all about fit, you know, Um, and being able to put together a successful team and bring them, uh, bring everybody um, on board to a job and then finishing it. So,
1: so, you mentioned um, a successful team. What what do you look for when you're looking to build a team? What some strat what are some strategies to use when evaluating who you want to be a part of your team?
2: From a personnel perspective, uh looking for drive. Um you know, it's, you know, everybody is different. You know, and is finding people that fit um, into and believe in the drive of what we want to do here. Uh, not an easy task, um, but it's it's getting that feeling that 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 people want to achieve something more than themselves from a subcontractor and teaming. Partner, it's the same thing. You know, it's it's getting to know the principles of the firm and getting to see their book of business and what they have completed, and what's the goal and what's their vision. Um, nothing is rosy, never is. Um, I always say that Ujamaa is a faith-based organization. Not a religious organization, a faith based organization, because I, I can tell you how many superintendents and project managers have, in their own way, even if they're not religious, prayed that the flooring guy will be on the site on Sunday so that they can open the job on Monday. So it's having the right subcontractors with the mindset, knowing that they will get the job done, it's having the right self-performed guys who know, who you know will give it their all every day and every night so that at the end of the day, we all look good. Because that's one of the main complaints that everybody has is, oh, well, you know, a lot of African-American contractors, they don't look real good. They can't finish the job. And we just prove them all wrong. You know, it's picking the right team from a employee perspective and from a subcontractor perspective and, you know, being real saying understand that life happens, right? Your son gets sick and he can't make it to school. Life happens. So you can't, you're not able to show up to work that day. So you've got enough people who can step in and say, hey, I got you, right? And we're still pursuing everything as opposed to, well, that's their problem. You know, corporate structure, stab everybody in the back and, you know, try to move on. So that's what we try to try to maintain and try to bring together. And it's difficult, but it's fun. Well,
1: having difficult things be fun is one of the things that um, someone told me, if you're looking for happiness, it's loving to do the things you have to do instead of always doing the things that you love to do. Um, so if you can find joy in those things that you have made a career or or made are that you're obligated to do, then life is not so bad. You can find happiness in pretty much anything. And um, when, from what you've done, you you combine your inner soul, apparently from childhood to where you are today, so life has to be good. This has to be. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so on that note, what we're going to do is take a quick commercial because we'd like to have other people join the conversation if they so choose. You can call and join the conversation by pressing
0: 1 on your keypad. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to oh. Nabwick. The NAB- That's not it.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs>
0: We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash n-a-b-w-i-c. Thank you, and we're back.
1: Welcome back, and I am Ursula Odom, your host of NABWIC Talks, and I am speaking with Todd Presley, who is the co-principal and VP of Ujama Construction Incorporated. And we're having a conversation about how he got to be, who he is, and, and that path. But at this point, what I'd like to ask you is, what is your association with NABWIC? How? What is your NABWIC experience? How did you find out about us?
2: Well, um, I found out about NABWIC through Stacey Blakely, who became a friend when I moved down, well, when I reinserted myself into, uh, into Atlanta. Um, my parents had moved here since I've been here since 1990. So um, I started uh, having conversations with Stacy, and she said, you know, there's a group of young ladies and women that you need to go see, get involved with, and talk to. I said, of course, you know. Um, and I did, and I have had a wonderful experience. Um, I was asked to talk about our experiences with the Obama Center cuz uh we are one of the African American contractors who came together uh in a joint venture with Turner uh in which Turner is the 49% partner and the four African American contractors are called the Lakeside Alliance and they're a majority partner and got a chance to uh tell the group here in Atlanta my experiences with some um, with that with that project and uh the next thing i knew um i got referrals uh to uh several young ladies here in atlanta cuz i was looking for an intern um actually two interns and um monique strong became our first uh intern uh who's now a project engineer with us and uh you know Great wealth of knowledge and great camaraderie within the group. And I believe in, um, you know, uh, African American women in the construction trades. Um, we have hired several in the carpentry trades. So it, it's a natural fit for us. So that was easy. You know, it's like, again, one of those things where, okay, show me something hard. That's not hard, <laughs> that's easy. You know, it meets the mission of the organization.
1: Okay, some people would think that it's not easy uh, for women to be in construction. So, why do you consider it easy? And what are some of the um, keys to success that you might advise people who think otherwise?
2: The reason why it's easy, I mean, the demographics of our country. Let's start there, right? Fifty uh, percent of our country women women in construction. I mean. Smart women in my opinion, there are a whole lot of smart women out there smarter than men. They can handle a temper a whole lot better than men can. Um and sometimes it takes a level head to get things squared away. But um, you know, you can't have an organization that is one sided and static. It doesn't grow, right? And it takes our country was built on varying degrees different people, different ideas. So what's the idea of having a whole bunch of men in a room trying to solve a problem? It it doesn't work. Yes, there'll be different views, but let's be well-rounded, right? Um, And um, perseverance. Um, You know, um, a lot of people don't think the same way that I do and think that, you know, in the construction trades that, you know, women can handle it. Well, they can handle being Marines, can't they? They can lift the pack. They can handle, you know, scheduling. They can handle logistics. They can handle um, anything that anything that anybody else can do. So it's all about perseverance. It's all about learning and understanding your trades, just like anything else. You hire a male engineer. He's got to do the same thing. He puts his, puts his pants on the same way, right? woman puts her pants on the same way. She goes to school. She learns the exact same way. Okay? Different perspective, but, you know, the more you have different perspectives trying to come together and solve a problem, the better off you'll be.
1: And in the construction industry, my – excuse me – my thought is that – it really would be crucial to have those perspectives because it, once you build a building and, and if you've insulted a whole community be, with what you put on that building, it's a little late. So I, I, as you spoke about that, it's, it made me realize that that could be an expensive thing that, to not be considerate of uh, different cultures, different um, backgrounds, uh, perspectives.
2: Yes, very much so.
1: So what's the future? What do you see coming around the, the corner? Um, people are talking about 2020 vision and 2020 being exciting. Is it exciting for you?
2: The opportunities in our industry and in the southeast market are very exciting. However, you always, you know, if you've been through enough economic cycles, you go, oh, my goodness, it's got to end sometime or a slowdown's got to come. So that scares me just like it does with everybody else. Um, but the number of jobs and the types of projects that uh continue to evolve and continue to show up on drafting boards is exciting because um in Atlanta alone, metropolis, you've got the influx of 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 folks coming out of the north because it's cold. And I resemble that to a degree. Um so there's a lot of there are a lot of housing projects that are coming. But with the housing there's gotta be services. So there's a lot of retail, a lot of health care. And we're in all of those markets. So those things are exciting to us because there's opportunity for us to help.
1: So you mentioned uh, slowdown and as a a leader of a company with the responsibility of predicting the future. How does a company prepare for a slowdown? Because, you know, you may have some companies, let's say there's a new company that all they know is that which is good because they've been on this ride for the last two or three years, four or five years, however long. And what would you say to this CEO of a company that has nothing but good things so far, how do they prepare for the for the storm?
2: Well, our major way we've prepared for the storm is retained earnings. You have to you have to think in the back of your mind there's a correction coming. Run lean. Um, we've always tried to be one body short or two bodies short. Because the worst thing to do is lay off people at Christmas, right? The worst thing to do is to lay off people when the economy gets really tight and things happen. Because while we are a corporation, um, we still uh, treat our employees like family. And with the amount of social interaction that we do, um, outside of the office, you know, you, you wind up getting to know people and people's families. Um, but you've got to diversify your market segment. So if all you do is new buildings, you got to have in your repertoire some renovation work or have done some renovation work. Um When we first got uh, opened up our office here in Atlanta, I was explaining to someone the different market segments that we are in. And they looked at me and said, well, you know, you really gotta concentrate in a market segment. I said, we concentrate on being a good builder. Um, Yes, we're in healthcare. Yes, we're in um, retail. Yes, we're in uh, housing. Um, all of those skills, building skills are transferable. Um, but if you can't diversify your market segment and during a recession and something happens, then you're in knee deep. You're, you're in a deep, you're in deep trouble. So for us, it's about diversifying uh, a little bit and being able to be good, not just be a good builder. Um, uh, that's what I would suggest. And that's helped us because we've grown steadily uh, since 2002 when the doors opened Uh, and it's slow and steady growth. It's not, you know, big hiccups, you know, and not big hiccups and then really bad valleys, you know, yes, you're going to have cycles, Mm -hmm. but you've got to be able to bridge them all.
1: Well, when you mention about going back and, and picking up renovation work and going back to skills that you already had, now I tend to break things down to the to the layperson's view. What that reminded me of is when a hurricane came through and we were out of lights for like eleven days, and people were all upset. And this country girl enjoyed pulling out the Brunson burner and showing that you can still eat and, you know, um, and just using candles or, or whatever the case may be. It it felt like going back to my roots. And the only reason I bring that up is that if you if you what you just said to me says that okay, hard times you go back and do the things. That maybe you left behind that can pick up right now and 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 still fill the need while you're waiting for the economy to turn around and using those skills that maybe need to be polished off or or services that you you've neglected. So that's a different way to look at it. Offer things that you haven't offered in a long time. That doesn't use as much resources, I would imagine. Right. So how do people interact with you? Um, or or at this point, you know, I like to ask, what have I not asked you that you want to share uh, in either what you do or how they can reach you?
2: Well, uh, reaching me is easy. Pick up the phone. Um, I'm still part of the old school. Pick up the phone and reach out. Um email is is good. I hate texting. My uh staff knows that texting me is not the answer. Um but reach out. Um you know, um we're open for business. I mean, we've been fortunate enough to be able to have now opened up an office in Memphis, Tennessee to um help um participate in uh the massive expansion that's going on in Memphis. So that's so that's a A good thing. Um, But um, from my perspective, um, Ujamaa is family, and Ujamaa means, you know, doing what you say you're going to do. So we're simple.
1: Well, thank you very much. And on that note, I'd again like to say thank you for being a guest on network talk and, and sharing your perspective on, on success. And it's been quite interesting. Thank you again.
2: Thank you so very much. I appreciate it.
1: And to our listening audience, this show is for you, especially if you're a member, your story can be told as well. And, All you have to do is schedule a time to be on. And for those that are not members, it's time for you to look into it and see what we can do for you. Because it's not just about the hammer and nail. It's about the services that support the organization as well or support the industry. And we want you back next week. Same time, same place, 8.30 a.m.
0: Eastern Standard Time. And you all take care.